Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. UFC 232, our main event, is the rematch of a fight of the year. John Bones Jones taking on Alexander Gustafson 2. For the UFC light heavyweight title, the now vacated light heavyweight title, we're here to break down all the fights from a DraftKings perspective. I am your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, myself and my co-host, the analyst of Fight IQ, Chris Olson, Joe Sunsu. Guys, I know we are all fired up on our oral Torino ball. We are juiced to the gills watching all this tape, tons of amphetamines, lots of stamina. We've broken down all the film. We're ready to go. Hopefully USADA doesn't come knocking. All jokes aside, I feel like unfortunately all of this chaos that we're not going to go, we're not going to revisit it. We just won't do it. That's not this is not not the place for it. It has detracted from a really good card. Like the the first fight of the pay per view is Chad Mendez Alexander Volkanovsky. I take that as a main a lot of places. So. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Great card, top to bottom. Big GPPs on DraftKings. Tons of money to be won. You know what? We're not even going to go with a, a recap of last week because I want to get to these fights. I think, I think you know what? I will because I had a good week last week um, or two weeks ago. I am sad there was a break. I hope everybody had a good holiday. Let's just break down some fights. You guys ready for this? Let's do it, Let's man. Do it. All right. 
Montel Jackson, 8,400, taking on Brian Boom Kelleher at 7,800. Montel Jackson is the favorite at minus 150. Brian Kelleher, the comeback on him is plus 140. This is a fight that Joe and I were actually supposed to see live at MSG a couple months ago. Uh, Brian Kelleher weighed in, missed weight, and then pulled out day of the fight while I was on a train um, to the garden, um, withdrawing with food poisoning. This time around, Montel Jackson, he misses weight. Um, hopefully the fight isn't canceled again. He weighed in at 137 with a towel today. Overall, my quick breakdown, we've done this one before. Montel Jackson is the better overall athlete. Um, I was more confident in him before the weight miss because I think he's going to have to defend some takedowns here, which he couldn't do against Ricky Simone. But Simone's a different kind of grappler. I think he uses his athletic ability to Stay on the feet, and I thought he was going to wear Kelleher out, assuming this weight cut did not take too much out of him. I still like Jackson. I like the range he fights at. I think he's a freak athlete, and overall, I think he's got enough to get by Brian Kelleher in this spot. So for your guys and your analysis, let's kick it off. Let's start with Chris this week. Yeah, um, well, I actually had forgotten that these two were supposed to fight before Sean told me, so <laughs> I, if I say something completely different than I did last time, I guess please forgive me, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think I'm I'm picking Jordan here just because as you alluded to, Sean, I I think he does everything really well. He's very toolsy, as you might say. Uh who's, in the, who's Jordan? context. Ja- you mean Jackson. Jackson. Oh okay. Jackson, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking of uh, this is how we do it. But uh okay. anyhow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um I think he's very toolsy. I think he's got sneaky power. He can he's wrestle a little tools? bit. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um Ooh. I would uh, I would disagree with Sean a little bit that he couldn't stop those Simone takedowns. That was true in the third round after he got tired, but he was able to stuff some of them earlier in the fight. And I think Simone is is, is a kind of uh, wrestler grinder that uh, Kelleher uh, clearly isn't. Although I mean he was looking for those clinch positions with uh, with Barrow. I I just I just think that um, you know that's all Kelleher ever tries to do is fight in close. So I don't think he's gonna have a trouble getting into the range necessarily. I just think that um, uh, Montel is, is going to be, you know, he's a good counter puncher and I think he's going to be able to use his length and, and also stifle him a lot with leg kicks that Keller had had problems with in his last two fights now. So um, I think this is a toss up because I think there's a chance that Keller could just outwork him, but overall I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Montel for the win. Joe. Well, interestingly enough, I find myself more vested in Jackson for this slate than I did for 231, 230 or 231. Uh, for the last slate, I, I was, I think I picked Kelleher and I was more heavily vested in Kelleher. And I'm not really sure why, other than the fact that I, I've had a lot more time to think about it. And, you know, Jackson is a freak of nature. I mean, you know, the physical attributes that he has, the reach, the, the hands the size of Francis Ngannou, uh, I'm willing to, um, you know, write off his last performance as maybe a bit of octagon jitters. Um, first, you know, first time. Uh, he did burn a lot of us. Anybody who's an odds value player got totally burned by Jackson uh, when he last fought because he was the odds value on the card. So disappointed a lot of people. Um, I'm willing to give him another try here. I mean, I, I do advise having some exposure to Kelleher simply because, look, he's fought much better competition. 
Um, you know, he 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 took Lineker into deep waters. I should say Lineker took him into deep water. Um, you know, he can snatch a neck. Um, so I, I just think these fighters are likely going in different directions. Kelleher's goal was to make it into the UFC, which he's done. He's had fights. Um, I think uh, Jackson has the higher ceiling. I'm going to pick Jackson. Yeah, I'm a little opposite in this one, just to kind of put a bow on it, is that that card set up really well for Jackson. He fit in a lot of lineups. It was I was pretty confident in the spot as compared to what was around him. What's interesting here is that for GPPs, I, I find myself going other directions. And this whole missing weight thing, while I'm not, it's not a big let off for me, it's more just who's around him. I think there's some more higher ceiling guys in that area. All right, let's true. move on. Let's move in. Let's move on to the next fight. But first, I got a little ahead of myself. I got really excited to get into the fights. I didn't do the uh, the promos. So if you guys will allow me just a pinch of salt into this episode, I'm going to. You know, it's a long episode. It's just a small part of it. I will say that make sure you check out rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all of their usually premium content, uh, optimizers, articles, NBA, NFL, season-long, daily. Check all that stuff out. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube to um, this channel if you're watching it live. We do these live Fridays, 8 o'clock. Come join us. It's always fun in chat. Uh, make sure you like the video, subscribe. appreciate that. Also, go and um, you can subscribe to the iTunes feed um, for Rotowire MMA and follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DFS Sniper with one S. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Enough of that. Let's get to one of my favorite GPP fights on the card. Actually, one of my favorite underdog spots, period. Curtis Melender, 8,800, taking on Sayar Bahadurzada at 7,400. Melender's the favorite at minus 140. Bahadurzada's the dog at plus 130. But this line has continued to fall. Melender opened up as a minus 215 favorite. I will say I have been burned by Bahadurzada quite a bit in the past. Um, but I'm not huge on Melender. I don't like how... I don't like his tall man defense. Bahadurzada has power. They also think that uh, CR has a grappling advantage here. So at 7,400, also getting a little bit of odds value. I like to play on Bahadurzada, especially in GPPs. Um, so he's my pick for this one. One of quite a few underdogs I'm picking on this card. But give me Bahadurzada. Joe? So I have just the opposite. I have been riding the CR money train since he came back off of his layoff as a big underdog um, to Brandon Thatch, um, who is now supersizing orders at your local McDonald's. Um, so I, I have been on him every fight. I saw him fight in Atlantic City, his last fight, I believe, in April. Um, I like him here. I mean, I'm not as confident as I might have been in his last three fights. Um, you know, he took apart the Australian. He beat uh, Thatch. And, and then his last fight, uh, but I do like him quite. I do like him a bit. I think his salary at seven point four k, he's worth targeting. Uh, his hand speed is superior. He's got he's he is he's good at takedowns, but bad at control. So it wouldn't surprise me if Melander could get back up. But if Sayar takes him down again, that's DraftKings goal, baby. So looking for dogs under eight k, I like Cr quite a bit. Chris? Yeah, I can certainly understand, um, uh, you know, the the, the uh, desire to go with him here. I mean, basically, he just shows up once a year to finish uh, somebody and then 
go back into the abyss. But um, oh, by the way, wait, wait one second, Chris. He trained at Jackson Wink for this fight. Just throwing and, that out there. And, and before you use the once a year thing, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead of the game here. He fought in April. He fought in April, and before that, it was because he kept fighting injuries, fighting injuries. He he took an extended period of time off, got healthy, and now he's back. And, and I love that training at Jackson Wink and not training in Europe. But continue. All right. Well, joke police aside, um, I think that um, one of the one of the reasons that I, I kind of like Melinder here is I I think he's way more athletic, and I think um, you know he can use his reach. He can wrestle a little bit as well. Um, I love I love the step in knees he uses uh, to do to as sort of as takedown defense, but also to start a combination. Uh, he he got Max Griffin with it a couple different times. Um, I just think he he's got more tools on the feet. I think uh, Bahadur is a plotter, and um, look, I, I know I know he's good on the ground, but I mean, look, Luan Chagas out scrambled him and took his back. So, um, you know. Am I counting on him there? I don't know. I will say that uh, Melender, you know, couldn't really get off his back when Mac Griffin took him down. So that is a, that is a cause of concern of mine. Um, but I, I see this playing out mostly on the feet, honestly. And I think Melender has a big enough advantage there where I think I can pick him pretty comfortably. Um, the finish is always a concern for, for Bahar Zara, So don't He's never been knocked out. Who, Bahar Zara has never yep. been knocked out? Never. Well. There's a first time for everything. Okay. But, uh, but the, so I wouldn't fade Bahadur completely, of course, but my pick for the fight's going to be Melender. All right. Moving on. Moving out. Uriah Hall, 8,300, taking on Bevin Lewis at 7,900. Uriah Hall is now the underdog. So he has odds value here in Bevin Lewis at minus 120. Comeback on Uriah Hall is plus 110. Look, my issue with this is. Joe can give us all the narrative. I won't steal that from him because there's a lot in this fight. But people are looking at the circumstances around Uriah Hall, which I get there's validity to it. Underperformer, weight cut issues. We'll let Joe go into that. He looked decent against Paulo Costa last time out. I know he got unfinished, but he, Paulo Costa is an animal. And he's been in there with world-class competition, whereas Bevin Lewis is you know, coming off Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, UFC debut. It's hard for me to really trust Bevin Lewis. Or the, the line has now flipped where he is the favorite. But but quite honestly, if the line keeps going this way, if Hall gets to like plus 150 somehow, it's still a big jump. But I'm seeing everyone on the Lewis hype train. I'm more apt to bet Uriah Hall and the experience and the striking there. He is a head case for sure. But if he shows up, I think he outclasses Bevin Lewis on the feet and it's just a matter of, of narrative, which is why it's risky to trust your money either way in this fight, but my pick skill for skill wise would be your eye hall. Let's go to Joe for the narrative. Okay. So I have to use this probably on an average of once a card. There is a little bit of, of James Tahuna effect here um, oh, where, where uh, Uriah <laughs> Hall has lost to some very, very good fighters. Um, Bevan Lewis is Johnny bone Jones, boy, Jackson wank train Jackson wank, uh, Johnny bones Jones. With that said, I am with you in that I do not believe that, at least based on the last fight, that Uriah Hall has deteriorated to the extent that he cannot better a Bevin Lewis. Um, so um, 
My pick is Uriah Hall. Um, I will probably have, no, I, I know I will have some of Lewis um, for odds value, but based on that odds value, I expect Uriah Hall to be under-owned, which makes for an interesting play on DraftKings. Chris, we both took, a, I think, a contrarian approach here, which is usually your bread and butter. So please tell me you're picking Devin Lewis. No, I'm, I'm going to go contrarian to what you guys think I'm going to do here, and I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to pick uh, Uriah Hall. I, um, Look at us go. I I don't think Hall lost anything as far as um, you know uh, stock in that Paulo Costa fight. I actually thought he fought pretty pretty much as well as he could. Um, Costa was just better. If I had one criticism of Uriah Hall, I would say that he gets himself backed up too much. And it gets him in trouble. Got it. It got him in trouble. It's got him in trouble before that fight as well. But um, you know, I, I really like that he's he's starting to use a jab more, and it's really quick. And I think it can it can really set up a lot of his kicking game and a lot more of his like weird weirder like you know spinning back kick strikes and things. Also, think that you know his power kind of gets slept on a little bit. Uh, the power in his hands, I should say, because he everybody knows him for like the big the weird kicks and things. But uh, he's plenty powerful, and um, my problem with Bevan Lewis, who was actually a, a two-time uh, Contender Series uh, guy, ah. is um, he, he doesn't seem very comfortable to me anywhere but in the clinch. Like, in the clinch, he, he's, a, he's a monster with the elbows, as you would expect, being with the John Jones and the Jackson Wing connection. Um, he doesn't really seem comfortable. That's not to say that he can't throw a straight punch. He can, but it just seems like when when um, the fight's in space, he's a little bit lost, and I expect Hall to thrive there. So as long as he can keep his back off the fence, which is kind of an if. I mean, uh, Bevan could have some success there, but overall, I think just uh, Uriah Hall is too good, and Bevan Lewis is too green, so I got to go with Uriah Hall there. All right, Nathaniel Wood, 8,200, taking on Andre Yule at 8,000. Wood is still a favorite, minus 120. Ewell, the comeback, is plus 110. Uh, Nathaniel Wood is coming off of a submission over Johnny Eduardo. Takes a lot of damage for my liking, um, but as an impressive win. Johnny Eduardo, um, veteran, been around a long time. Whereas Andre Ewell defeated Henan Barrow in Brazil in his UFC debut, but it is, you know, it's 2018, the ghost of Henan Barrow. This is an interesting fight. Both guys, I think, are apt to get hit. Um, Wood, I think, has a little more power. Yule, this is the fight I've been going back and forth on. And throw a dart. Yeah, pretty much. I, I want to say Yule is probably. This is going to sound counterintuitive. Yule's probably the safer cash game play, and Yule in a win has a higher floor. Wood in a win has a higher ceiling. The problem is, is that it takes away from the floor of Yule because if Wood lands, you know, he throws big power, is willing to exchange in brawls, you know, he could put Yule away. So I think Yule's more technical. Wood, I think, is going to want to brawl. I've been back and forth. I, I, I picked Andre Yule somewhere publicly earlier in the week, and now, or even just earlier today, and I watched some more tape at lunch, and now I want to pick Wood. So tournaments, Wood, cash games, Yule. But this is a fight that, that's really all I can say about it. It's it's a weird fight with who they fought and where they're at in their careers as, as prospects. Uh, Chris, start with you for this one. 
Yeah, I'm a little. I see what you're saying, but I'm a little bit more confident than uh, Yule. I I just think that uh, look, Wood on, on the regional scene, he, he got hit way too much. Um, he got hit a lot in that Eduardo fight too, and that was they both because, punches. Huh? They 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 both fight to get hit because Yule's the guy who fights with his hands down. Oh yeah, no, and he gets I, away with it because he has a seven inch reach advantage. Sure, but um, well, that's part of it. The other part of it is that. Like in a matchup like this, I'm I'm oh I'm so um so much more apt to pick the more athletic guy, the faster guy, and that's Yule. Um, he did he in that Barrow fight in that uh, Barrow fight he, you know, had that beautiful um backup like he was being charged at and he backup counter put him on the mat. So he's a really athletic guy, athletic striker. He can counter punch. Um, as we've talked about before, I think we talked about it. Uh, leading up to that fight, um, his takedown defense is a problem. But even when he was taken down, he showed great uh, submission defense. And I don't think Wood is going to go for takedowns. I mean, we saw him snatch up a pretty quick submission when he had uh, Eduardo on the mat. But uh, I don't think he's going to look for takedowns specifically. And I just think that Ewell uh, is as athletic enough and powerful enough and uh, – Wood gets hit too much, so I have to pick Yule here. Joe, who do you have, Sean? I, uh, I right now, give me. I said Yule. I think I took Yule, but I'm gonna have more Wood and GPPs for the ceiling. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I just, I just wanted to see if you would say I have Wood, and that I was gonna ask you for nope. you to be excused. Uh, um, okay. So. Uh, I am, you know, first of all, walk into it. Take no, one, uh, yeah, no one mentioned that this is a, a short notice fight for you. So the original opponent was uh, Duquinoy, who got injured, who mm -hmm. was originally going to fight um, uh, Wood. Uh, Duquinoy, Duquinoy I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, you know, has Duquenois. underachieved. Duquinois, sorry. Duquenois. And I, I studied French for five years. I should know that. Duquinois um, has under, underachieved in the UFC. He was supposed to be the next big thing um in the ufc and and he's kind of underachieved so this would have been an interesting fight i'm gonna have to go with uh you know with the short notice guy here i, I do think that um his fight was a little bit more impressive than wood's fight with all the damage he took i mean you know if eduardo eduardo should have been able to put him away and just couldn't gassed out so i'm going to take you here although I highly suggest that you target both sides of this fight. They're they're close enough in salary that you can target both sides. So I would certainly suggest that. But I am going to pick Yule. All right, moving on. We have oh good, it's this time. Ryan Hall ninety four hundred taking on BJ Penn at sixty eight hundred. Ryan Hall minus four thirty. BJ Penn plus three eighty. Ryan Hall is a little more in the feet than people people seem to remember. He throws kicks. BJ Penn is a million years old. Back at lightweight, like I can't, I can't invest money in 2018. BJ Penn, I'm starting to get this really weird suspicion that he's going to win and be four percent owned and take somebody, you know, take down the big GPP on DraftKings. But I can't invest my own money in it. But it's just a weird feeling I'm getting. Ryan Hall should win this. Um, yeah, he's a pick. I'm not even going to overcomplicate it, Joe. So guys at 40 that don't need the money and are still fighting worry me a little bit. You know, BJ Penn is, is probably conservatively worth $30 million. Not that he made 
that money in fighting. You know, he, he's a guy that, that, you know, truly came into the UFC with family money. So that, that money motivation is gone. Um, I also don't know that it's that much of an advantage training at Novo Uniel in Brazil for this fight. Um, no. He's been at Jackson Wink. He's been all over the place. Um, on the other hand, probably the worst fight I saw in the last three years was Hall Maynard. Um, that was painful to watch. Hall gives a great interview, and he seems like a generally nice guy, but he is not a pleasure to watch. I mean, flopping on his back like he did, you know, begging Maynard to, to come to the ground. Um, I just ugh, was horrible. Uh, 9,400 on DraftKings. <laughs> Hard to recommend because unless he finishes, I don't see him finishing Penn striking, although some people may disagree. Um, and I think Penn is a competent enough uh, on the mat to to make it interesting, at least. Um, I could see kind of an ugly, low-scoring decision, which at 9.4K, I don't like. And I don't know that if Penn's going to earn his salary, even in a win. Um, so this is a tough fight. I mean, I would say if you're playing mass entry and putting 150 lineups in the $10, you should certainly have a couple shares of Penn in case the unlikely and unthinkable happens. Um, I'll probably be under owned to Hall for that reason as well, just because I, I see better plays below him. Um, so I'll probably have a few shares of him, but not many. But, um, God, I hate picking them, but I'll pick Hall. Yeah, this this whole fight is just gross. It, it should um, not be happening. Chris? Yeah, um, it has to be noted here, and I forgive you guys for not mentioning it because I know that we all blocked this fight out of our minds. But BJ Penn dropped Dennis Eber in that fight. Uh, you guys you're, remember really, that? You're, you're going to give him credit was, for, for – it really? was uh, no, yeah, of course I am. It was get, it was get out of here. I love was, BJ Penn. I love BJ Penn. Stop he was he was home. still working off the jab. It was a beautiful jab, you go shovel uppercut. Go home, you're drunk. But, but um, I I mean the the thing about BJ Penn is he's just so slow now, and he's so hittable. And um, I the, the one worrying thing for me specifically in that fight was when he had when he was on top of. Uh, Seaver inside control with about two minutes left. He couldn't get anything done. So I mean, if you if you were trying to if you were trying to make a contrarian pick and be like, well, uh, BJ, you know, he still got his jujitsu accolades. I I don't know if that's true anymore either that he can do because that that surprised me. I thought on the ground he might have a little something left. But um, look, my only concern about this fight is I, I do think Hall finishes him by submission. My only concern is that um, and this is this is I'm not being sarcastic. My only concern is that leg locks are not considered takedowns. So if if uh, yeah, if Ryan, I should be sarcastic though. <laughs> if Ryan Hall rolls for a leg and just gets a finish, it's only going to get you ninety, and that's not really going to be enough. Um, I I just don't think that BJ Penn is quick enough to get away. I think the way that um, Gray Maynard was able to disengage every time, I don't think BJ Penn's going to be able to do that. So I think that's going to lead to a sub. You have to decide if he's going to get you enough points. If you're really feeling mm, like with a hundred lineups, you can get like five BJ's in there. I guess. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Chris did walk into it. <laughs> I, I, think uh, of, I think any of us would take five. <laughs> all right, uh, we're fired, guys. This this, this podcast is over. But, uh, this, this podcast soon to be brought to you by Sirius. Soon. Yeah, I know, soon. Right? What, what do we have? X videos as our sponsor here. I mean, come on, what's going on, dude? But. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, everybody's brain in the sewer aside. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, th I think that's about it. Like, can can BJ hit him hard enough with something? I guess, but it's probably not going to happen. If you're feeling saucy, get a couple of them. Otherwise, you have to decide um, if Hall's going to get you enough points, and that's about it. All right. So as you know, wrapping up, wrap up Chris points. If you're feeling saucy, get some BJ. Yeah, exactly. If you think you're going to get a hard BJ, that, that's basically a life motto as well. <laughs> Peter Yaw, 9,300, taking on Douglas Silva Diandraj at 6,900. Peter Yaw, minus 295. The comeback on Silva Diandraj, plus 265. Peter Yaw. Hyped up prospect coming out of ACB, dispatched dispatched Haruto Ishihara quickly. Had a really fun fight last time out against um, uh, a newcomer. Still scored 85 points, but didn't get to finish. Didn't pay off his salary. Silva Diazraj, these guys are going to stand and trade. His last time out, um, he looked like he was back on the juice by a lot. Um, overall, I, just, I think Peter Jan is better. Keeps volume. I will say that I need to see Peter Jan defend the takedowns in this fight. That is where Silva Diandraj could have some success, but ultimately I think Peter Jan is going to be too fast, too athletic, too good on the feet. Uh, I like him quite a bit here at 9,300. The worry for me is with the potential ground game and grappling of Silva Diandraj, who has takedowns in each of his last three three fights, taking down Marlon Vera, Rob Font, Henry Briones. So one of those guys is really good. But that's, I think, his path to victory overall. I'm still taking Peter Yan. Chris. Yeah, I, I kind of went back and forth on this fight. I'm not as high on Peter Yan as, as some people seem to be. I, I totally can see that, that he's a good boxer. He throws a combination, body head. He's obviously very powerful, likes to pressure forward, and he's good at figuring you out um, as the fight goes on. There's a lot of, a lot of Peter Yan fights. Guys look good against him in the beginning, and then he sort of, as the fight goes on, he sort of um, – figures him out. But my, my problem with him has always been his, his striking defense where like he sort of just shells up and moves back, moves backwards. And Andrade is definitely the wrong guy to do that against. He's going to come at you very hard. And um, the, 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 the thing about uh, Andrade on the feet is that he does leave his chin up when he strikes some, um, a good striker like Jan could exploit that. But um, I think he can just get overwhelmed by Andrade as well. Um, I could definitely see that happening. You mentioned the takedown, Sean. That's a that's a concern as well. I um I don't know. I think this is a good fight to target. I think it's probably going to finish one way or the other. My pick, I think, would be on Andrade, and I think that Jan's wow. got so much hype on him that um, if you if you get Andrade there and he get he gets it done for you, that that could really be a slate breaker. I think so. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be my pick, but I think either man can finish this fight. I, I will agree. If, if Diandraj wins, he's going to break the slate. Uh, Joe? So I see, if you if you give me a little bit of latitude here, I do see a little bit of similarities here between the uh, Gordon Neto BJJ fight and this Andraj Jan fight. Jan is way more technical, a striker than Gordon, obviously. Um, but what you have here is you have like a hard charging Brazilian fighter who I have, I have not seen him at I have not seen weigh-ins yet. I don't know if he's jacked like he was last fight, but you know, you have a guy who is jacked potentially on the juice, um, who is going to be pressuring 
uh, Peter Yan. So um, I do like Yan. I think this is a good test for him. Um, but worth having a few shares of of uh, Andrade, uh, you know, in case there are similarities to the uh, Gordon Neto BJJ fight. So uh, I'm going to pick Peter Yan. Um, but I, I do think that there is some caution to be exhibited here. Um, and I don't know that you're even going to get 12 acts on this fight unless you get a finish, which I don't necessarily see Yan getting. So I'm not sure how great Yan is as a target for DraftKings, um, for, for GPPs, but um, I'm sure he'll be popular because he's in that upper level. So, um, you know, he might be highly owned. Um, but I would, I'm definitely going to pick Yan, but I advise having a few shares of Silver D'Andrage. All right, next fight we have Kat Zingano, 8,500, taking on Megan Anderson at 7,700. Kat's the favorite, minus 145. Megan Anderson is a dog at plus 135. Your quick takedown is um, Megan Anderson has really, really good power. Holly Holm took a few shots in the feet and decided I'm just going to grapple you this whole fight, and then she was able to do that. I'm going to repeat that. Holly Holm was able to grapple Megan Anderson the whole fight. Kat Zingano gets hit way too much, but she can grapple really well. She's seen some really solid ground and pound from her and her takedown game. She took down Mary Renault six times. So it's it's kind of striker versus grappler. Ultimately, I think Kat Zingano gets it done through the grappling I was more confident earlier in the week, and I just – I know Megan Anderson hasn't really done anything in, in the UFC. I mean, the Holly Holm fight was her first fight. But I just have this funny feeling she's going. She's the one who's going to continue to get better. And we heard uh, – I, I, who brought this up? I think it was – I think it was Daniel Levy. I can't remember how to say his name. Dan, from half the battle. I, I always get his last name wrong. Um, yeah, half the Levy. battle brought it up. Yeah, Levy. I always think Levy, Levi, it's Levy. Um, half the battle this week, they brought up that she was on the Joe Rogan podcast, basically saying she can't get concussed too many more times and, and she's having issues with her head from a lot of fighting. And I thought that was a really interesting point where now I'm wondering how much damage can she take? Holly Holm took a few shots from, from uh, Megan Anderson. Can Kat do that? Ultimately, you know, until I see Kat get put out like that, you can't really bet on it. And I think the grappling should be enough for her to get this fight to the ground and dominate Megan Anderson. So Zingano is the pick, but I was more confident earlier in the week. Um, Joe, women's fight, you start yeah. us off. Okay, so first off, I should say that, you know, Australian is the bacon of accents. I mean, everything goes a little bit better with bacon. I think the same could be said about Australian accents. <laughs> um, Megan Anderson has got a very good social media campaign. Um, she's very active on Twitter, posts a lot of tattoo selfies of herself. Um, oh, that's an oxymoron. Um, in any case, I've seen every one of her fights. I, I loved her in Invicta. She was violence incarnate. I said it last time, and I will say it again. She needs to leave her current camp and go to a camp that has wrestlers, okay? Because there is no way that Holly Holm should have been able to take her down as easily as she did. And Kat Zingano is a much more accomplished wrestler, grappler than Holly Holm is. Um, I'm going to throw out the recency bias of her taking down Marion Renault 10 times. I don't think that that's relevant as much, but Kat Zingano can pretty much take anybody down. 
So I, I'm with you, Sean, on the, you know, taking damage standing. I just don't think that Kat is going to put herself in that, you know, in, in space where she can get hit like that. So, I mean, to me, I love Megan Anderson. I think she needs to change camps. I think she needs to learn how to wrestle, um, you know, shore up her takedown defense. Um, it, it's interesting. You remember how mass, how that line flipped after weigh-ins? Like, everybody saw how big Megan Anderson was compared to Holly Holm. And the line, massive, like, as massive a line movement in a female fight as I've ever seen after weigh-ins. Like, all the money pouring in on Megan Anderson. And she got dominated. So I think people learned their lesson. I don't expect um, a big line movement. But quite frankly, I'm surprised that Katzengano is not a higher-priced favorite. I kind of like her. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make any straight bets on this card, but I sort of like her at this at minus 145 um, as for a bet. So um, I would say have a couple of shares of Megan, just like you would of, of some of these other <laughs> fighters that I don't think have a very good chance to win. Um, just to spread and mass entry GPPs, um, but I'm picking Katz and Gano. Chris, yeah, um, I basically agree with everything you said, Sean. Um, I think uh, Kat is probably one of the strongest women in this division. I think she'll be able to take her down if she gets her hands on Megan Anderson. The problem is, like, her striking at this point in her career has reached like Cindy Dandois levels of, like, it's it's just it's just so bad to look at, and it's she she's so counterable and hit her hittable when she's in space that it really makes me nervous. Like I, I like, I think I'm going to pick cat just because of how easily um, Holly took her down. But every second this fights in space, it's going to make me nervous. Hey Chris, how did, how did Megan do against Cindy Dandois? Uh, I don't know. You want to tell me? She lost. <laughs> did she lose? That was a bad analogy. <laughs> was she, it? No, just, just for the striking. Though. But, but Dandois didn't outstrike her. Did she? Well, she lost to Cindy Dandois. Okay, well, but the, the analogy's fine then because I'm just uh, talking about striking. But uh, <laughs> she got it. But okay. uh, that's never an okay loss, Chris. Never. Okay well, loss. no. Look, I, I, I completely, I completely uh, concede. And the reason why I'm picking Cat, let's not forget that, is yep. because is because I, I think that she's going to get it done in the grappling. But if she can't, uh, I mean, I don't think she's going to survive on the feet. So I think you should have more than a couple of shares of Megan Anderson. I think people are going to be weighed down on her um, based on that last performance. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a knockout is totally possible here. I'm, I'm not going to read too much into the. I know she's had um, some issues uh, with, with head trauma and stuff, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, really going to key in on that too much. I just think that, you know, Megan Anderson's got a good pressuring game. She uses her kicks well. And I think that um, she can get this done. But if but if Kat gets her hands on her, I, I think the fight is going to be over. And if she can do it consistently, she's going to get you a lot of points. So I think Kat's the pick. And uh, Megan Anderson is is a GPP play. I would look at her a little more closely than Joe would. But ultimately, the pick is Kat's and gone. Andre Arlovsky, 7,600, taking on Walt Harris at 8,600. Line on this fight, Harris is the favorite, minus 175. Arlovsky, plus 155. I think regardless who you pick in this fight, there's only one DraftKings play, and it's Walt Harris, because uh, Andre Arlovsky in his last two wins, 84-76 DraftKings points, um, and before that, 50. And to me, he's just, or Walt Harris has a significant 
hand speed advantage, and he's a better athlete. Andre Lasky is obviously the more veteran guy, polished, going to come in with a good game plan. I think Walt Harris is the GPP play here, way more likely to get a finish. Um, I liked how he looked against Godbeer, even though he got DQ'd, Spitz. You know, he stepped in against Verdum, and he got um, he lost that fight. And he probably should have won the uh, Abdurakimov fight. I thought he won rounds two and three when I rewatched that. So he should be in a nice little run here without you know DQ loss to Godbeer, where he was going to win that fight. And the and loss then, to Verdum. And the loss to Verdum, which I mean, you're going to hold that against him? No. Andre Olavsky, different animal on the feet. I think Walt Harris, the more I looked at it, the better athlete and the hand speed. I think it's a difference in this fight. It's hard for me to trust a guy who's 11-7 and seven in his career in cash games, especially at heavyweight, but I do like Walt Harris as a GPP play. Uh, Chris, who you got? Yeah, so this is probably one of my favorite. Every time I say this, the guy ends up losing in horrible fashion, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say again that this is one of my, my uh, favorite picks on the card. Um, well, I just have, for, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, Sean. Like I, I picked I picked uh, Arlovsky to 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 win a lot of his recent fights, but against a bigger, more athletic, more powerful guy, like there's just no way for me. I, well, I shouldn't say there's no way. If if Arlovsky decides to wrestle uh, the entire fight, maybe that could be something. But can Arlovsky even wrestle for 15 minutes straight? Like I, I don't know if that's a thing uh, that he can do. And you mentioned the hand speed. Um, he, he's actually he's actually a, a pretty decent kickboxer for a guy his size. I think um, my main problem with Walt Harris earlier in his career, and one of the reasons why I wasn't even sure about his Chase Sherman fight was coming into that fight, um, he was very like tentative. That's how he lost to Abdul Rakamov. Was he just sort of just sat there and got chewed apart with leg kicks? He's he's gotten he's still patient, but he's gotten way more aggressive in spots. Um, as his career has gone on. And um, I've been sort of waiting for him to like break into that mid-tier. It hasn't happened yet for like a variety of reasons. I think this is the fight. I think he's going to get a nice clean finish over Arlovsky here and um, and sort of take the next step in his career. Who knows where he goes from there? But I think it starts here. So I'm, I'm big on Walt Harris here. Joe? Yeah, well, okay, a couple of things. One is, you know, these guys are only four years apart in age. Um, Walt Harris is 35, which is, I get that heavyweights have different standards relative to age, but he's not a prospect. I mean, you know, what worries me here, and, and I, I'm going to pick Walt Harris, so I should get that out of the way. Um, what concerns me here is that Arlovsky has generally during his resurgence been competitive against these kind of hard-hitting lower mid-tier Heavyweights. I mean, look, Tuivasa couldn't put him away. Um, you know, Junior Albini. Um, you know, how much more athletic is Walt Harris than either one of those guys? Um, I would say a fair bit, actually. Okay, I'd say, I'd say some. And I think what he has that that those guys don't have is he has some wrestling. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the equalizer here. I don't see Arlovsky, you know, pulling a Stefan Struve on him and trying to take him down. Um, I, I do think that uh, Harris is a good play on DraftKings at his price point, although I don't see him earning salary if, if this does somehow go to decision. you If you're playing Harris, I think his ceiling is much higher than his floor. Um, I, don't, I, I certainly wouldn't play him in cash, um, but I, I, do, I am going to pick Harris, um, and I am expecting that he finds 
Arlowski's chin, but I do have some caution. Yeah, um, Zelda just said in chat that, that you should pick Walt Harris because he beat up Chase Sherman. Which yeah, well, everybody knows Chase Sherman is better than Compound Interest. So I mean, yeah. Moving on, let's get to the main card. Chad Money Mendez, eighty-seven hundred, taking on Alexander Volkanovsky at seventy-five hundred. Volkanovski is the dog, plus 130. Mendez the favorite, minus 140. Before we get to this, the staff picks are up on Rotowire. And if you're a regular listener of the show, first of all, thank you. But you would assume that Chris has the most upset picks on the card. Nope. You would be incorrect this week. That goes to me. Only I'm one taking, for me this week. I'm taking three dogs on the main card. One of them isn't with a great deal of confidence, but we'll get there. This is one of the ones I feel pretty good about. Um, I'm taking Alexander Volkanovsky. I think he's the real deal. You know, I, I love the pressure, volume. We've seen him go um, three rounds. Now, granted, that is at his, at his own pace, but he's just beating the brakes off of guys. Um, Taron Elkins, Jeremy Kennedy, uh, really the two decent competitors on his list, but he can get takedowns. He can beat you up in guard. He can, you know, decent volume on the feet, looks for that overhand right. What's interesting is I've seen a lot of people say that that um, it's very similar to Chad Mendez. That's true, except Chad Mendez is coming off of a, a doping violation. I know he said it was unintentional for the cream he was using during, you know, for his, his psoriasis. Look at the guy... I'll let you make your own decision. Um, he was knocked out by by um, Frankie Edgar. He's got terrible fight IQ. We saw it in the fight against McGregor giving up position. Miles Jury was a quick fight. We didn't see really what Chad Mendes is going to be like with the cardio issues we've had with him in the past, with the, the, the chin issues I have now that Frankie Edgar knocked him out. Alexander Volkanovsky is going to test all of those areas, and he's the younger fighter. Give me Volkanovski here. I think he's going to do what Mendez does a little bit better. I don't think either one of these guys are going to be able to get the other one to the ground, quite honestly. If anyone gets a takedown, I think it may be Volkanovski getting one late with his just relentless pressure. If Mendez goes out and, and, and gets a takedown, I we don't know what Volkanovski is off his back. Um, but I don't see it happening here. I, I just I think Volkanovski is going to be a little too much, and it's one of the dogs I really like in this card, especially in GPPs, if you look at the game logs, um, which isn't an end-all, be-all, but I will mention it real quick. Volkanovski and his five wins for DraftKings, 100, 129, 116, 107, 115. He costs 7,500. If he does win, he's likely to score really well. Give me Volkanovski. Chris. Yeah, um, I kind of have the exact opposite take of this fight than you do. When you said that... Um, Volkanovski does what Chad Mendez does, only a little better. I think it's. I think. I think you got to reverse that around. I think Mendez does what Volkanovski does, only better. And I also think, which is one thing you didn't mention, that um, Mendez Mendez is going to be so much faster. He's just going to be so much quicker. Uh, Volkanovski is a is a is a plotter. Um, he's hittable. We saw that in his last fight, where he actually was getting. Now, I wouldn't say he was getting tagged up, but he he was getting hit a little bit. Uh, by Darren Elkins, and um, look, one thing, one thing I, I expect, I actually expect um, Volkanovski to come out in pressure, but uh, we saw in the Conor McGregor fight, 
Um, uh, Chad Mendes is good at hitting those reactive takedowns, and um, he's very against good at Con against Conor McGregor. I'm gonna poke holes well, in this but now. He's good at timing a shot, and 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 by the way, I mean, I I don't know that Conor McGregor's like his his takedown defense. I think that's always <laughs> been a part of him. That's always been a little bit. Like you could take down Conor McGregor. McGregor. Well, you know, I would like to try, but uh, um, I don't even know what that meant. But anyway, it um, means his takedown defense is horrendous. You could no take for me when I said that, I would like. To oh. that. Oh. But anyway, um, we're we're in a weird depression here. Um, <laughs> I can bring up BJ Penn again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I just think I just think that the speed here for Mendez is is gonna make all the difference. He's got plenty of power. We know that. I mean, getting knocked out by Frankie Edgar. Am I am I gonna hold that against somebody? Yes. Really not. Yeah. Why? What do you mean? Edgar's a wrestler. He doesn't have big one-shot power. He, no, he doesn't. But he's a boxer too. He can throw his hands. Why can't he, he throw his hands? Mendes out. Guys, people get caught. And by the way, if what you go about back to fight to that, IQ and the cardio issues. I, I don't know that he has cardio issues. The McGregor fight was short notice. Who says he even had? I don't know that he no, has. Did you cardio. see him against Aldo? Yeah, you thought he had. But he thought he had bad cardio issues think, in the Aldo fight. If I remember right, unless I'm really losing my mind. Here. I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I mean, he was tired, but I don't think he was like gassed out of his mind. I. I just don't. And 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 I. I. I just don't. Uh, look, I, I have to go by. I have to go by skills here and. And uh, you brought up the you brought up the points, and that points well taken. That uh, Volkanovski's always scored well, but this is this is way the way best opponent he's ever fought in his life. So I mean, I don't think that means all that much in this context. And I just I just think I just think speed kills in a matchup like this, where you have two guys who who like to do the same kind of things. And I think Mendez is the better wrestler. So. But I, also, I, and last thing I've up in chat, but you're assuming you that's all Mendez's resume with him on steroids. Uh, but We're I mean, getting come a on. clean Chad Mendez. No, but that's, this, that's no, I, I get it. But this is the whole argument like that we can get into like, well, how much does the steroids really help? And how much could you really find do? out? I mean, there's no way to know, really, right? So, I mean, Unless you think he's just going to be a shell of himself, which I, I really don't have any reason to believe, uh, I, I'm going to go Mendes here and and pretty comfortably. Can Volkanovski catch him and knock him out? Yes, especially if his chin is turned to glass, as, as you think it might have. I don't think so, but if you do, then I can see a reason for picking Volkanovski. Otherwise, I think Mendes gets this done pretty comfortably. This is why I like the show. Pretty heated debate on both sides. I think we both get where the other one is. Joe. Look, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of the road here. I mean, um, oh, seriously, Mendez, yeah, I know. On paper, Mendez should win this. I mean, my big concern is inactivity. I'm not putting a lot of stock in in Miles Jury beating Miles Jury. I never thought Miles Miles Jury was that great of a fighter. Um, in the same period of time that Mendez fought once, Volkanovski has fought eight times. No, I get that Mendez is at a good camp, um, you know, alpha male. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, you don't fight on paper. I believe in the staff picks, just to be a little different, I picked Volkanovski. Um, I'm, I'm not super confident in the pick. I mean, if Chaz, Chad Mendez, it, his competition has been so much superior. If, if it is the Chaz Mendez of old, and again, I, I, I can't put any stock into what he did to Miles Jury. I mean, 
people were ready to like put him in the top five based off uh, a win against Miles Jory. I, I don't I don't see that. Um, I'm gonna pick. <laughs> I'm gonna stay with my pick of Volkanovski, but it is not a highly confident pick, and I will definitely have shares of Mendez. All right, let's move on. Alir Latifi, 8,900, taking on Corey Anderson at 7,300. Latifi, minus 135, comeback on Anderson, plus 125. Some interesting odds value here as well as the line has closed. I, this is my second dog I am taking. Give me uh, um, Corey Anderson to get takedowns. I know Alir Latifi has never been taken down. He's not faced a wrestler like Corey Anderson. I think Anderson gets it done. Um, I know it'll it'll be interesting to see how we approach the takedown because Latifi is that short and really wide guy at, at 205. Ultimately, I think the wrestling, though, is going to be the, be the decider here. What's worrisome is the chin of Corey Anderson. We've seen him laid out plenty, so it is not out of the realm of possibility Latifi knocks him out. But skill-wise, I, I just I think Anderson's wrestling gets it done here. Um, I love the game plan. It's a style that, that wins fights. And I don't think Alir Latifi is any kind of world beater, despite the physique. So give me um, Corey Anderson, though I, it is absolutely a viable outcome that Latifi knocks him out cold with the first punch. Joe? I so want to pick Corey Anderson. I mean, he's had a, a bit of a resurgence um, after getting his chin tested by Manawa's fist and OSP's foot. Uh my issue here is that I don't see Latifi as a great matchup for Anderson to get his wrestling going at five foot eight and stocky. I just don't see how. Plus, Anderson's not the best control guy anyway. I don't see. I, there's a reason why Latifi has never been taken down. Let me let me start with that. Um, you know, if the fight goes late, can can a, a fatigued Latifi be taken down by Anderson? Absolutely. I, I could certainly see that happening. On the other side, Latifi is such a low output striker that if he doesn't get a knockout, he's not going to earn his salary, right? He's not going to earn his salary from striking. And I don't think he's going to get grappling points on Corey Anderson. So this is a really tricky fight. I, I, I think Latifi is probably a better pick to bet on, but I don't think he's a better value on DraftKings. I mean, at what, 7.2K? Is that what he is? Uh, 7.2, 7.3? 7.3. 7.3. I, there's obviously some value there, and there's been odds value for a while on Corey Anderson. I mean, he's stacked up higher than a lot of a higher, higher 7K fighters. So I'm going to have shares of him because of the odds value. I'm very nervous about it. Um, I'd say take a few shares of Latifi with the knowledge that his floor is not very high um, in a win that you're probably not going to get the 12x that you need for a GPP unless unless he gets a finish because of his low output striking. Um, I am going to stay with my pick of Latifi, but I will likely have more shares of Anderson on DraftKings. Chris? Yeah, I, I think we agree on one thing about this uh, Corey Anderson general, Sean, and maybe we all agree on this, I don't know, but I think like we're the last of the truthers who actually think Corey Anderson has it in him to be you know, a better fighter than he's shown in the past. I actually like uh, quite a bit about him. I, 
I think his striking is coming along. I think he's throwing in combination more. I think um, he's getting more creative with his striking, uh, especially like, like looking for knees um, uh, to defend takedowns and stuff like that. But my problem is, and you mentioned it, and you both mentioned it, is that uh, Latifi's never been taken down. And I mean, he only he only shot once, but I mean, he did fight Ryan Bader. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of and I mean even just his body type is just the short fire hydrant type guy is just not the type of guy who can it was really easy to take down but um but um look I my 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 major problem can be summed up with uh like a, a, a sentence and it's that I don't think Corey Anderson can last on the feet for a long enough time without getting hit hard with something. I just think it's going to happen. I think it, it can end up looking a lot like the OSP fight where he's doing well, doing well, doing well. And then he gets that one window and he just gets cracked with something and it just changes the course of the fight. That's kind of how I see it going. Um, and especially if, if you have a lot of Anderson, you're going to know how this fight's going to go maybe in the first minute or so, because if Anderson can't get his takedown games going, he's in a lot of trouble because as much as he has improved as a striker, everything still flows through the takedown game. So if he can't get his takedowns, he's just in a lot of trouble. I can't trust that he's going to get takedowns. And if he doesn't, he's just going to get hit hard with something. It's almost, it's almost a certainty. So I'm, I'm going with, uh, with Latifi here. I think he's going to finish him late. Um, if he doesn't, if Anderson survives and wins, he's probably going to get a lot of points because that means takedowns have happened. So have a couple of Anderson if if that's uh, if that's what you think, but I, I just can't trust it against a guy like the TV. All right, Michael Chiesa, nine thousand, taking on Carlos Condit at seventy two hundred. Chiesa is the favorite at minus one forty five. Condit the dog it at plus one thirty five. Chiesa moving up to welterweight. You know, a sick jitsu guy. So me and Joe, I know, are not fans of those guys who refuse to check leg kicks, think if you fall to a body kick, you're weak. It's just silliness. Um, Condit, you know, I've seen people high on Condit. I've seen people high on Chiesa. Ultimately, this fight's going to end up on the ground. Chiesa's going to look for a rear naked choke. And Condit is slippery on the ground, I think, on the feet. I don't think, God, this is just odd on the feet. Ultimately, I'm taking Michael Chiesa because I can't trust 2018 natural-born killer on a four-fight losing streak. I think he has to eventually. I think he wins a decision. I think he controls on the ground. I think Con, like I think he'll get a takedown, and I think that Condit will put up enough defense on the ground to not get submitted. So that's where I think this fight goes. I can't trust Michael Chiesa because he's a Sikjitsu guy, and I can't trust Carlos Condit because it's 2018 Carlos Condit. Of those two things, I weigh 2018 Carlos Condit. Rate him a little worse. Give me Michael Chiesa by decision, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I have to pick Condit just for that reason, just because anybody who's tried to take him down has been able to guess is going to try to take him down. But like you said, I mean, he's good in the scrambles. He's active off his back. He was out scrambling, uh, Cowboy Oliveira in spots. And I think that, you know, his, his, um, his inability or unwillingness or whatever to check kicks could be a problem. I like the pressure that Condit brings, but ultimately I, I just can't trust a condit not to be taken down. Um, once it gets to the ground, it'll be interesting. I don't, um, I wouldn't belie anybody who has some shares of condit just because 
I do think Kias is open on the feet. He still lunges into his strikes. Um, he's just not a, a very advanced striker at all. But um, I think the dynamic is pretty simple. I think Kiesa ultimately ends up getting takedowns and, and probably subs him out. So I got to go Kiesa. Joe? Yeah, I mean, I so want to pick Condit here because uh, I think he does He would, He would. does have a stand-up advantage with Kiesa. Um, it's just I can't get past his horrible, horrible takedown defense. Um, and if he leaves anything out there that gives Kiesa the smallest opportunity to get him down, and unless Kiesa's foolish, he'll take it. So, I mean, I'm going to have some shares of, of Condit. I mean, I, motivation is another issue, too. I know Condit has is, is talked several times about retirement. I generally don't like to play fighters who are on the, on the cusp of retiring. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have a, a few shares of him. I don't necessarily love this fight to target because if Kiesa does not get a finish, I don't know that he's going to earn salary. Um, you know, unless you like Condit to get the upset, which at his price point, um, you know, he would, he wouldn't be a bad investment. Um, so I don't think I'm going to have a ton of exposure to this fight. I know some people are banking on a Kiesa win by sub, which case you, you should have shares. Um, maybe even off-market shares, but I'm going to pick Kiesa, but um, it's not – I'm going to pick Kiesa. I just don't know how great a play he is on DK. Right, I'm getting into a fight with somebody in chat who said that, that Kiesa's mm -hmm. never tested positive. Get, get out of here and go – I'm going to tag the article. Who never tested, tested positive? positive? He did test positive for a growth hormone. I have Who? Kiesa? Not Kiesa. Sorry. Um. Mendez, we're back a fight. Yeah, Ma Mendez had a two-year USADA suspension. Jesus, for, for growth hormone. That's not a PED. For his, for his it's, face it's, cream. It's probably the same guy with a, with a new thing. It's for his uh, psoriasis. Oh. Anyway, that was what he claims. Anywho, let's move on to the co-main event. Chris Cyborg, 9,200, taking on Amanda Nunes at 7,000. He's all fired up. wasn't prepping. Cyborg yeah. minus minus two forty taking on Nunez is who is plus two twenty. Joe is going to tell you that Chris Cyborg is the lock of all locks on this card. I will. I'm picking Amanda Nunez. I think Nunez is better on the ground. Black belt versus brown belt. I do think yeah, I think she's better on the ground. On the feet, obviously Cyborg is so much bigger and. Hits hard, really good stand-up, you know, Muay Thai fighter. Like, she's, she's solid. Amanda Nunez, no slouch herself. I wish she had a little bit more of an array of striking. She throws the, the one-two out a bunch. Ultimately, though, Chris Cyborg has made a career out of beating up cans. Now, that is of no fault of her own. Nobody wants to fight her, and there just aren't a lot of women that size. Her last, you know, her UFC opponents are um, uh, Leslie Smith Lena Landsberg, Tanya Evinger, Holly Holm, Yana Kuniskaya. The most legit in there is Holly Holm. And while it was a clear win for Cyborg, it was a clear 48-47 win. Period. Like, Holly Holm won the first two rounds, and I think if she had enough gas for the third round, the counter-striking style would have got her there. It didn't. Cyborg won a clear 48-47. Now, Amanda Nunez, I think, is better on the ground. If she can get it there on the feet, I think she has an, the best fighter that Cyborg is going to face in terms of pressure. Who can move forward is who's going to win this fight. I do think Amanda Nunez is going to move forward. 
clinch up and get a takedown. I am picking her to win. However, it is by no means a lock. I am going to have a crap ton of both sides of this fight. I think Nunez could break the slate in terms of dogs, and I think Cyborg could be the highest scorer. So there's your breakdown for DraftKings. Love the fight. Could stack it up. Nunez is my pick, but it's not by any kind of huge, huge margin. Uh, someone just yelled Gina Carano in chat. Yeah, I get it, but that was Gina Carano against Amanda Nunes gets smoked too, just because it's the stone ages of women's MMA. It's just one of those athletes keep getting better type of things. Gina Carano, you know, legend of women's MMA. It's one of those. It's it's apples to oranges is the comparison, but solid point is another name she has fought. So give me Nunes in a close fight. I uh, will start with. Joe for this one. I dive so, first of all, Cyborg beat who was put in front of her. Holly Holm, an ex-Bantamweight champ. Uh, Tanya Evinger, an ex-Bantamweight champ at Invicta. Um, granted, you know, maybe you look at them and say, okay, not not great competition, but certainly not cans. Um, I don't. I disagree. I see Cyborg having the advantage everywhere, including cardio. Um, I think this is a perfect stylistic matchup. For Cyborg, she's not going to have to chase. Um, Nunez is going to come to her. Cyborg is going to pound her. This is the lock of all locks, especially for cash games. Um, I don't know. It is five rounds, so we, you know, we should still see some decent points. Um, I don't know if it's as great a play for GPPs because if there's no grappling points, I don't know, and there's no finish, I don't know if we're going to get, um, you know, the points we need. Um, Amanda Nunez's cardio is is definitely inferior to Cyborg's. And let's not forget the breathing problem that she has. And she had had surgery. And and not often that that's a surgery that's not 100% effective. So I, if this gets into deep waters, I'm going to definitely pick Cyborg by finish here. But I, I would be very surprised if Nunez could actually win here. Um, so I am all in on Cyborg. Chris, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that you're surprised. Um, I I look, your point is taken, Sean. I just uh, Holly Holm is probably probably the best fighter she's ever fought. Um, you know, not uh, sans the Gina Carano example. I guess we could debate that if you want. But um, other than that, in the UFC, like who is it? Like Leslie Smith. And the other thing is, um, like, what has Cyborg shown you that? Like when Joe said, well, Joe, when you say she's better on the ground, how do you know that? When have we seen Chris Cyborg work on the ground? You've never seen it. She's she's always finishing in one round or the Holly fight went more than one, but that was, there was no groundwork there. And for all the stuff about like, oh, look, she's training with Clarissa Shields. I, it doesn't seem like her boxing is all that great to me. She throws a, she throws a jab kind of, um, but she tends to just stalk forward and, and throw um, big, big uh, power shots. Which is not bad, but uh, Nunez is very different than anyone she's ever fought. She's a someone who's going to pressure her and come forward on her, which is going to be new. The second thing is she's probably the only fighter that Cyborg has ever fought where Nunez is going. She's going to have to respect the power coming back, and that's just probably the only fighter that she's ever had to do that before. Cyborg so, is going to be 170 pounds going into the ring. Yeah. Okay. But so what you think, you think that, um, you think Nunez power is just going to disappear. I have, I have, I, I don't think it's going to affect cyborg. <laughs> I have such a hard time believing that you have no idea. Amanda Nunez, 
Amanda Nunes, when you listen to people like uh, like uh, Misha Tate and others say, when I get hit by her, it's different. It's a different feeling than anything I've ever felt. Now, I'm sure she would say that about Cyborg too, but, but that means you're powerful. So, um, I and look, she's, she's great at keeping people at the end of her punches. Um, I, 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 I expect her to, to use takedowns if, if, if she feels the need. And I just think she's got a deeper skill set here, at least from what we've seen. I can only go by what we've seen. And from what we've seen, I think Cyborg is the more put-together fighter. I'm picking her as the dog play. Mark it up. You should. You mean Nunes is your is the more complete? You said Cyborg. What did I say? You said Cyborg is the more complete. Oh, Freudian fighter. slip, guys. Forget. Oh, you you yeah, you should be go. running. You should be running to the window with both hands, betting on on Nunes. I'm, I'm, I'm running to the I'm running to the DK platform. That's, okay. that's where I'm running. Okay. Um, somebody said chat. I think is a really really good analogy of this. Is well, I would add a little bit to it. Uh, Nunez will touch Cyborg with the straight left early, and we'll see if it affects Cyborg. Agree with that, and then if she can get the fight to the ground. I do want to see Cyborg on the ground. Just see what that looks like, but we will see. Moving on. John Jones, 9,100. Taking on Alexander Gustafsson, 7,100. Bones is the favorite, minus 280. Gustafsson, plus 255. I rewatched Jones, Gustafsson. I rewatched it a few times for fun in the last couple of years. I rewatched it again uh, today at lunch. And, and everyone's going to give me crap for this. I'm taking enough crap today in, in chat, but why not add to it? This time watching it was the first time I've actually scored the fight for John Jones. I had been one of these that I had scored the fight for Gustafson pretty repeatedly. And I think it was – I think I, I can't remember anymore if I had scored it two, 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 three, and four. I know I had given two and three to, 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 to Gustafson, and that's all I could give him in this fight as well. Anyway, that being said, I do believe Jones is way more focused now. I also, Gustafson's getting finished as of late, but he's been inactive. Ultimately, Jones, as much as I hate the guy, and it pains me to say it, one of the best of all time, you could argue the best of all time. I won't say that because of the PEDs that I'm not going to get into. Ultimately, in the cage, John Jones should be able to get takedowns here. I think he's seen the reach now. He's more dangerous. He hurt Gustafsson around four. Give me John Jones. I think he gets this done. I also think he's going to be a little more aggressive in this fight. The key to the last fight was whoever was the one moving forward is the one who was winning the exchanges. I think John Jones, as much as I hate him, is going to be the more aggressive guy. And I think wins this fight. Give me John Jones. Although, again, this isn't cash because of the fight. I would feel fine stacking. And I'll play both sides because if John Jones does lose, I actually think the only way he loses is like a flash knockdown. I don't think he's going to let Gustafsson box him up um, like he did in the first round. In the first fight, I think the most likely path for Gustafsson win is actually a flash KO because they are 205ers and Gustafsson's a good boxer. That's actually, I think, his best path to victory. I heavily lean John Jones as much as I hate that POS. Joe. Um, I'm with you. Um... Interestingly enough, uh, Jones with his suspensions, and he's actually fought more recently than than Gustafson, which I find kind of interesting that, you know, you've got two guys coming in with, you know, some octagon rust, some ring rust, and Jones is the more recent guy who fought more recently. Obviously, a lot of narrative around this fight. I mean, um, you know, 
the UFC essentially screwed not only the fans, but every other fighter on this card. They take money out of their pocket. They inconvenience their families. I want to believe that Jones is going to take this as as a sign that we're not going to see the same guy that just looked dull against OSP, that he's actually going to, you know, again, Jones is not a, a power puncher, but I, I do think that, you know, given that there was some doubt in his last fight and his his whole contention that he was out partying and not training and, and still won the fight, I think he's going to look to make a statement in this fight. So I'm on John Jones. Um, would it be, would it surprise me if, if Gus caught him with something? No. Um, I don't think it's as much of a lock as, as say Cyborg, but, um, I do like John Jones a fair bit here and, uh, um, I will have some exposure to him on DK. Chris. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm hearing a lot of like narrative stuff. Like I think he's more focused and I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with any of that. I, I, I just, I mean. Do I know that he's more focused? No, I don't really. I mean, but judging by the Torino ball stuff, it, it seems like he hasn't all changed all that much. He could be doing the same old he's things. He's just a so. douche. He's just he, a douche. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he could be doing all his same old tricks for all I know. But I, so I'm just going to say that, I mean, I, I think the first fight was really close having having watched it uh, a couple more times this week. I think it, it basically all comes down to what, what you did with round two. If you gave it to Gus, it was Gus's fight. If you gave it to Jones, it was Jones's fight. Um, I still think that Gustafson is probably the way better boxer here. So I do think that he's going to have a chance to box him up. Um, I just I just think that uh, Jones, you know, he's got a fantastic kicking game, fantastic elbows in the clinch. He's, he's great at using his variety and mixing things up. But the other thing that, well, and, and the one thing that we have to focus on that um, – hasn't been mentioned yet is the takedown defense was on point off fight for Gus. Um, if he's able to stay on the feet and, and John can't get all, offense flowing through that, I think, I think that's advantage Gustafson. I also think that, um, look, uh, Gustafson and, and DC was um, giving him issues with this on both, in both fights. Gus started doing it late in the, la- in the, in the, uh, for, in their first fight. When Gus, when uh, Jones rather goes for the clinch, he lunges for it. And when he lunges for it, he's open for uppercuts. He's he gets to, he's gotten tagged with them before, and I think Gustafson as as a good as a good um, boxer, the way better boxer can really exploit that. The reason that I'm ultimately picking Jones is because I can't trust Gustafson um, with those head kicks. He got hit with head kicks over and over again in that first fight. He couldn't see him coming. Jones would do the little oblique kick, and and Gustafson would never know if it was that or a head kick. So I just can't trust it. I can't trust um, him not to land something big here. I think that that uh, Gustafson can win this fight certainly, but I think ultimately Jones uh, just the the head kicks he can't see coming, all the different variety. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Jones by a hair, but I think it's gonna be a really interesting and amazing fight. I, I will say this to wrap up. As much as I'm gonna have money on John Jones this weekend, he is. Actions over the last year and even the press conference, he is one of the worst people in a sport full of disgusting people. But let's wrap this up on a happy note. Hot takes. And I have what I think is one of the hotter takes. You know, it's a hot take, but I found, I just found a fun way to phrase it. Right, so if you guys can, can follow this with me. 
outside of the main and co-main event, everyone else who has fought for a title in the UFC is going to lose. That means, yeah, Carlos, me that means Carlos Condit loses to Michael Chiesa. That means Chad Mendez loses to Alexander Volkanovsky. And that means... Uh, did Olafsky get a, get a title shot? I was trying to loop him in there, too. Yeah, I said Katzengano, yeah. too. Ah, I Katzengano lost Damn, I lost Katzengano. Uh, I went right over that. Come on, mail. Nope, because I'm picking Kat. Every ah, mail. Do every mail. And that every mail. And that means Walt Harris wins, and that means every Ryan man, Hall. Right. And that means Ryan Hall wins. Okay, my, right. hot, take, my hot take is uh, parlay. Um, both female fights inside the distance. Don't hate that at mm. all. I might go put a unit on that. There you go. <laughs> See, we're helping everybody out with the hot takes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Chris. Um, uh, Silva the Andrade finishes Peter Young. Wow. Oh, that well, is a hot. That's the hottest that, take. That would wow. hurt my. That would hurt my bankroll a little bit. Okay. That would, that would be sad face. All right, guys. That's it for UFC two thirty two. So we have a card hey. what in two weeks, and then we have some time off, and then eleven straight cards. I believe right. so. So while you're getting ready for that, go to rotowire.com slash free. All the paid content, 10 days for free, no credit card required. Make sure you are liking, subscribing. Shout out to my boy John Church on Twitter, who is constantly harassing the Rotowire high ups and serious guys to get us on serious. You yes. guys, we all know we need to be on serious talking about BJs and arguing about PEDs in live Slack chat. We get on serious. We don't get a call-in station set up. Well, look, football is ending. I mean, look, there's that. Like, you know, once football ends, you could definitely free up some airtime to uh, to let it. Like, look, let it let it be like you know, Friday mornings at two a.m. You know, like give us give us like give us like the worst slot available. I want to I want mean, to army up all of our you know followers to follow the lead of John Church and just <laughs> release you all to be trolls and just. Just beat up the Rotowire and serious execs. By the way, um, one one thing, you know, this is the first week of the bracket challenge. Anybody who has tickets, I wish everybody well. Um, I may need to if I if I do advance at all, I may need to recuse myself um, from uh, one of these uh, pods if I make it anywhere near the finals. Um, you know, yeah, knock on wood. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I generally have not done well in these types of contests. Because um, I I constantly second guess my my plays. Um, I have two entries. I will be playing um, in the bracket challenge this week. So uh, it's the uh, survivor pool. Yeah, it's the survivor pool. The bracket challenge. Uh, they've been doing cues uh, and sats for months, um, for almost a year on this. So hopefully we'll have a bit of a shorter turnaround on the next MMA you know contest. And one other thing is I'd like everybody to reach out to DK and ask for a live final in MMA. I mean, golf has it. NASCAR has it. Let's get a live final for MMA, please. Chris, any any last last words? Uh, no, just enjoy this awesome card, everybody. And uh, this is one of those cards. Don't forget to be a fan. Just uh, be a fan. All right. Good luck, guys. Uh, I'll catch you on Twitter. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.